So as you may imagine, our podcast is a little different. We like to have fun. It's not like very serious. Okay. So it's kind of okay. joking okay. around, asking some fun questions. Amazing. Stuff, stuff. Amazing. Amazing. And then we'll get into a little bit of squash. But for the most part, we'll talk about like you being a kid and having fun. You could say who your favorite MC is too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right. Make sure, make sure you include that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ready? We are ready. Hey there, Squash fans, and thanks for coming back to another episode of The Breakdown with myself, Connor Malley, and my co-host, Bill Buckingham, and PJ Paul Johnson. It's been a minute since our last episode, but we are coming back with a bang. This episode was a first for us. We typically do these shows remotely, but while Bill and I were both in Houston for the latest PSA event, we did our first in-person interview with one of the fastest rising players in squash history. Currently ranked world number five, but is knocking on the door of the coveted number one position. We talk with Mustafa Asal. In our conversation, we talk on a range of topics, from what the driving experience is like in Egypt, his favorite cheat meals, as well as his goals for the future, and what the pressures are like for a rising superstar. Please note, this interview was conducted prior to the recent announcement about his suspension, which is why we don't dive into it. Sadly, in this interview, PJ was back in England, so he missed out, but we'll get the band back together soon enough. Quick thank you to our sponsor, ProSport LED, who actually has some very interesting developments going on. They are strengthening their partnerships within the racket sports world. They are partnering up with Padel Plus to bring Padel courts into the United States and the UK. And just like their LED lights, these are premium quality courts at great prices. What's also unique about Padel Plus is their canopy roof structure that has all of the great qualities of getting an outdoor playing experience, but you have the dependability. You can play your match regardless of rain or snow. So if you know of anyone interested in lights or Padel courts, please go ahead and put us in touch. Reach out to us at squashradio at gmail.com. That's squashradio at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. What about this? This call is being recorded. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of The Breakdown with my co-host, Bill Buckingham. Welcome. Connor, a different breakdown. We are sitting in the lobby, actually in a meeting room, in a hotel in Houston, Texas at the uh, HSC uh, 2022 Houston Squash Open which is being taking place here, a great event. We are lucky enough at the event to uh, invite probably our, our, besides me, our most famous guest, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think so. I think so. <laughs> and, and I have to quickly comment. You said that so well introducing what event we're at, and that's because you're also the MC of this event. I am the MC of this event. The, the, some uh, call you the voice of this event. Some say the voice of this event. The, the 2022 HSC Houston Squash Open presented. By champion, fire, fire glass. <laughs> there we go. I didn't but say fire glass. while you're the voice, we have a star in our presence. And we're we, very excited to be doing our first live show with... With probably the most prolific player on the PSA Tour right now, um, Mustafa Asal. Thank you, Mustafa, for joining us. This is a treat for us. We really appreciate you taking the time this morning. It's just a pleasure for me. Good morning, uh, good morning, Bill. Good morning, Corner. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we're going to time travel a little here. So um, we're recording this... Um, 
uh, when, by the time this comes out, this event will be over, and you will have been crowned the 2022. <laughs> no, you can't jinx it. You're not going to jinx it. We're just going to say that um, you know you won your quarterfinal match. You then defeated Ali Farag in the semis, and then won the championship on Sunday night. So congratulations uh, on, on the champ- so. on the championship. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, we'll just edit it out. <laughs> yeah. So so no problem. But but just in case it does, it it does happen. Congratulations on the championship. It was a great event. You played really well tonight. Oh, yeah, it's it's been amazing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the things as we're getting ready for the show, I mean, there's so many things uh, to talk about with you, but one thing that's hard to not ignore is your age and you're 20 years old and and Bill and I were kind of reflecting a little bit about like, where were we when we were 20 and we're in very different positions. Uh, I was in college. I was playing uh, college squash, which is big here. I was calling the 10 person team. I was calling for the ninth position. So a little different squash level. Uh, yeah. With you and Bill. I mean, we're talking when I was 20 years old, it was the 80s. So we're talking, yeah. it's probably your parents' age, I'm guessing. <laughs> I, I'm roughly your parents' age. So it was the 80s. So I was 20 years old. I weighed about 250 pounds. I was in college. I was doing nothing but drinking beer and eating ramen out of a bowl. Oh. So not, not not very active, um, sitting in like a, a dinky little apartment in New Haven, Connecticut, uh, uh, doing what most 20 year olds do in college drink beer and eat ramen for dinner. So you, on the other hand, 20 years old have seen the world. I mean, you've had a, a better life than Connor and I have had. I'm 58, almost 59. Connor, 42. Connor's 42. You've already lived a better life than us, <laughs> and you've only lived half the life. So talk about what it's like being 20 years old and seeing and doing what you have already done. Yeah, it's, it just was a uh, squash is my life, you know, like uh, getting into the, those steps was, uh, was just unbelievable, you know, like uh, I'm not... Um, Playing now as I'm 20 years old, because like if I'm thinking about the age, you know, you're gonna mm. oh, st- still no one can do what I'm doing now in 20s because it's uh, you're thinking about your 26, 27, you want to having some more few years and then you will retire, you know, because like anyone like 30 or something like that they, in squash as uh, Egyptians, you know, like after 30s, it started like the peak goes down, you know, and like this. So, uh, yeah, squash, you know, give me lots of fun, lots of troubles, you know, and lots of things. Yeah, I was going to college here in in the States, you know, also, but like uh, decided at the end, like to focus 100% on squash. You know, yeah. I know there's examples, Ali Farag, uh, lots of uh, yeah. lots of players like who has been uh, incredible in that college, then finished and be world number one, you know, like it's only Ali, you know, but like um, I didn't see myself that I will go to college and then be competing and be from top 10 or something like that you know so that's why i focus on squash studied in egypt and then uh, yeah here we are <laughs> who, who, uh, were you recruited by any colleges in the united states did were you yeah contacted? yeah um uh, yale and princeton and upenn Columbia, yeah. All, the big, was, all yeah. the big ones. Probably yeah. a lot of number one players at those schools right now breathing a sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> that this weekend, they don't have to go travel on a bus for 12 hours to play you for 15 minutes. So, so they, on behalf of them, I'm going to thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, so 20 years old. So when, again, Connor and I thinking back when we were 20 years old and um, the generation gap and how things have changed. Do you know what a rotary phone is? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, no, you can't say like. So, so there you go. Of course he's going to know it. Yeah, okay. no, no. Uh, so right. you've never seen a dial, a phone that dials. No, no, no. I see it. Yeah, oh, you yeah, haven't? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, Just good. curious. So so you communicate. Uh, you have obviously a, a, a large group of friends and family and supporters. Uh, how do you communicate with them mostly? No. No. Yeah. That was always on phone, you know. Like, um, you, use an, you have a favorite app? 
Yeah, WhatsApp twenty four seven. You know, like I, I know here is iMessage. You know, it's like yeah. iMessage here is as uh, WhatsApp there in Egypt. You know, like mm-hmm. communicating. You know, you, you cannot now. You are hundred percent like twenty four seven on your phone. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And also, as my age, you know, maybe like the another players couldn't do that. You know, I'm having my PlayStation. You know, all the tournaments. You know, like, ah, there you go. Yeah, so. So yeah, twenty four seven on this and this, you know, like trying to to balance between them, you know. <laughs> yeah. So when I was your age, when and you could see as of yesterday, you when I tracked you down at the club to invite you to do this interview, you I said, you know, how could could we, uh, you know, make sure we set this up, and I'll make sure we'll um, confirm it. And you, I, you I, said, can you WhatsApp me? And I was like, he said, yeah. <laughs> I said, no, I cannot. Let Connor. <laughs> I, I said, let Con- exactly let yeah, yeah. let Connor do it. So yeah. So when we were twenty, when I was twenty, and we would have to get together with a group of friends, or we'd go to a game or something like that we'd have to make these plans well in advance and then if we showed up at like say yankee stadium for a baseball game we'd have the same meeting place and if no someone didn't show up yeah. no idea why they get no, left behind they get, <laughs> get left behind that we'd, we'd give them 15 minutes and we'd sell their ticket and use that ticket for beer money because uh, well. we had no way to no way to text them or whatsapp them and say hey uh you know, where are you so yeah. things have have totally different but beyond that what i really want to know is at my age, if I wanted to get anywhere, when I was 20 years old, if I wanted to get anywhere, I walked. If I didn't have a car, I walked or I took a bus. Okay. So you're 20 years old, Uber, Lyft, uh, in Egypt are all oh, you those- You could bike. You right? could bike, that's true, yeah. that is true. Well, but in Egypt? It, yeah, in Egypt, how do, you, how do you get around? Like, so you could wake up in the morning in Egypt and you need to go to the club, you need to play, you need to go to the store. How do you how do you get places nowadays? You know, like I'm having you know like uh, my car and then like drive there, but like driving Egypt isn't easy. You know, I see you know like uh, it's quite difficult and quite difficult with um, with how we ride, how we take the car and how we ride. You know, on the street and like this. You know, and also like it's different when it's um, really really crowded. You know, and you cannot you you can't spend in two miles or something like that over like. 30 minutes or over 35 minutes and you can to go from uh, a place that's only or 30 minutes or something like that you can take one hour or hour, 30 minutes so it's, it's quite difficult so sometimes you know like when I'm far from uh, like and also like I'm I'm going to be late or something like that I think it's a scooter or a bike you know like there is in Egypt. and is that more dangerous there or is it's it dangerous okay. but like uh, it's gonna be late okay uh, it's gonna be late you know like and also like uh, Timings in Egypt, it's always like you're late, you're late, you're late. It's, it's just like that, you know, because yeah. like a, anyone, you know, like I'm leaving my house two hours before, you know, and what I should do again, you know, and then, right? And and Uber also in Egypt, you know, like having Uber scooter or Uber bike, you know, so can you you can take it, you know, they're having this option, uh-huh. but like I would never walk. Never. <laughs> so you own a car? You own a car, yeah. What kind of car do you own? Um, having Toyota Corolla. Toyota Corolla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So starting, but like because I'm starting, you know, like to, you know, still having from one year or something. I started to to ride a car, you know, uh-huh. to have a car, and like my father let me learn a bit, you know. Uh-huh. So just you know, like this is my first, uh, nearly second year of driving. Second year of driving yeah. at twenty. So I've been to Egypt a couple times. Yeah, uh, I've met, yeah that's where Black I met Poly, you. Yeah, I met you at Black yeah, Ball. Yeah. What's the process? So I've been to Egypt twice. I love Egypt. I, it's just a fantastic country. The people there are so nice. The food there is just fantastic. Wow. The only reason that I could never live in Egypt is the driving just frightens me to death. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it is so scary. I mean, I tried when I came back from the first time going to Egypt. I tried to explain to my friends like what it was like to drive there. And after talking and listening to myself talk, I was like, "This is not believable what I'm saying." Yeah. Because like, there's no way they could really understand it. Like, picture like the the highway outside here, outside our hotel, and cars going like 70 miles an hour, but then one car just stopping in the middle of the highway and three people getting out in the yeah. middle lane yeah. and walking. I mean, yeah. it's not real, right? Yeah, yeah it's not real. Yeah. You're <laughs> so, in a movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, yeah. So tell me the process. I want to know and spare no detail. And feel free to just go into detail. How did you get your license? Tell me, talk to me about how yeah, you learned to drive license. and how you got your driver's license in Egypt. Yeah, in Egypt, like after 18 years old, you know, like what you're taking it like, there's a cones and like this, you know, you're taking a test, you know. There's cones? <laughs> like cones, practice, you know, like in practice, practice testing. Practice testing, there's yeah. a cones and like this, you know, and you go like that in front of uh, someone like... Oh, so there's oh, a written test too or...? Yeah, there is a test, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. There's a driving test and, and like this. And uh, yeah, people sometimes cannot control themselves when they are driving because, you know, you imagine, you know, like when you are taking 40, 45 minutes, it's just two miles or something like that and you are, you know... Like this, you know, like this, and you're stopping at complete at all. To when the the road is absolutely free and you can run, they go fast and fast and fast, you know, and become fast and furious there, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. on Fridays when nobody's working. Yeah, that's right, that's right, you know. And you, you didn't see that much, you know, because you, you came to Black Ball. Yeah. And it's it, it's just a normal road. You didn't see like the road like... Well, I did go to the pyramids with a oh, driver. That's, that's nice. So I went down to Giza and uh, when I was going through the little... Mer where they merge, like the roads all come yeah. together. And there's yeah. literally like six lanes of people merging together. And then you add into it a horse crossing the road in front of you Oof. while those are all merging together. It, uh, yeah, it's oh, quite surreal. No, it's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. There is a lot of... Um, Accidents in Egypt actually. Yeah. If you right, you know, there is lots of accidents. So take it. You took a test. Did you have to go somewhere to take this test, or do you take it at home online? How did it work? No, no, no. You you take it like a building, and mm -hmm. like this, you know, having all the other stuff, you know, and like uh, you go with your own car, and you you have the test there. Then he decide that you are you are good. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how yeah. I pictured. He's yeah. like, you're good. You're, you're no not good. good. So yeah. so how many people do you, can you run over and still be good? <laughs> Like if you run three people over during the I test, was are you still old, good? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, was this all done in one day, or do you have to like space it out? How does that no, work? No, uh, it's only one day. Like you're gonna do the test and like this, you know, and then uh, you have practice in front of him, and then you having the papers, like lots of papers to finish, you know, like the license and like this. And also in Egypt, you can do the license, international license. Oh, okay. And you did also the test and like this, and when you finish, I can drive here. Oh, okay. Yeah. And have, uh, you, have, have you driven, driven? in no, the United I, States? I, yeah, I, never, never. Because I don't have this. I, I, okay. Always thinking about doing that because sometimes, you know, when I'm staying about in family right. or with, with some coaches, I take the car accent. I don't have this. Ah, got it, got yeah. it. That would be kind of cool to do like a carpool karaoke with him. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> do you like to sing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, when I was doing my driver's test, it was a fair amount of studying. You have to do a driver's ed course. Then, like, I have to take the test. There's only 24 questions. You can only get four wrong. I got four wrong, but I passed. Wow. <laughs> so I was, like, really wow. nervous. Oh, okay. What about you? When So I, I same when I took it, which was years and years and years ago, I took it, passed it. It was no problem at all. But then when I was in college, I didn't have a car. So I didn't – I let my license lapse. 
So if you let your license lapse, and I don't know if this is still the rule now, but if you let your license lapse without renewing it after a certain amount of years, you have to retake the test. Oh, no. Go, and so here I am, I'm 20 something years old, like 27 years old. I lived in a city, so I didn't have a car and I didn't need to drive, but I needed my license yeah. for an ID. So I wanted to get my license, obviously, because I was an adult male and I, 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 I should have, probably should have a driver's license. Definitely. So I went to retake the test and it was, when I took the test, it was on paper the first yeah, time and now was. it's on a computer. And well, obviously I'm thinking, I drive, I've been driving for years. I'm good. I don't need to study for this. Same idea, 20 questions or whatever it is. You could only get four wrong. I got the first four wrong. <laughs> oh my God. So I had to get 16 in a row right. Probably the most pressure I've ever faced in my life. Wow. So you think, you know what, you're coming up a big point against like Ali or against Shabagi. <laughs> that you think that's pressure? That's not pressure, man. Yeah, yeah. This is not pressure. <laughs> this, is, this is pressure. This is the main one. This yeah. is a big one. Yeah. So I got 16 questions in a row, correct. And the last one I was like guessing, closing my eyes and it went ding and yeah. whatever happened. And then, then you have to go for your road test. So there I am. I'm 20 probably 26 years old, I go out, there's these teenagers around me taking their test and they're crying and the ones who are flunking, they're with their parents and there I am, like a 26 year old man oh, actually. Yeah. And then I go out to the car, I get in the car and this guy's standing, you know, the guy, the instructor and I put my seatbelt on and I, he goes, he goes, what are you doing? And I said, he goes, you never driven before? I said, yeah. And I explained to him, he goes, get out of the car. <laughs> you passed. He goes, I'm not wasting my time with you. He goes, just, oh, just the fact that I like did everything correctly. He's like, all right, you're good. Oh, okay. You passed. So yeah. I did so I didn't have to take the test. But but teenagers today, I was talking with a friend recently uh, with his son who's 16 going through it. And it's it's a year and a half process. It's like hundreds, of, you know, yeah. 40 hours plus of yeah. like all this experience so it's definitely gotten a little yeah. too extreme so that's the end of the interview we just yeah. want to know how to yeah, get how to get your driver's driving, license so. that's cool <laughs> oh, yeah. thanks uh, Mustafa thanks for joining yeah. us yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to know yeah, yeah. so um, well, yeah we, let's let's shift gears into a little bit of uh, the squash stuff wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute oh. wait a minute wait a minute like, as you know Connor you, I, I like squash I mean I do like squash obviously yeah. Not, but I like food better oh uh, thank you yeah, yeah. I like I like food yeah. more yeah. than I like squash so I've always you know because when I went to Egypt I love the food there. I mean, it was re awesome, awesome. And right next to Black Ball, there's a little strip of restaurants. And it is so cheap yeah. comparatively to eat there than oh, it definitely. is to eat here. Definitely. I was eating like ridiculous like dinners for like $11 American yeah. um, that would cost like $70 here in the, in the States. So my question for you, since you do travel so extensively, but obviously you spend the majority of your time in Egypt. Yeah. When you're in Egypt, do you ever think like, man, I wish I was in the US right now because I would love to eat this and you can't get it? Uh, you know, like... Um uh, unfortunately, like I'm, I'm having diet plans and like this, you know, like nutritionist. And, Don't tell me you're a vegetarian because we'll end this interview no, 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 right no, now. No. We'll, we'll end the interview right now. <laughs> no, like I'm having everything, you know, eating everything. But like, uh, unfortunately, like having a nutritionist, but like having a cheat meal, you know, once a week, once a week, take it, you know, like when I, when I come here, I'm having a cheat meal once every week like it's it's always friday mm -hmm. but i cannot take it because of the tournament now you right know, like, uh, but like last friday i came here and then first thing i went to a uh, like um, chick-fil-a or something like that uh -huh. to take like uh, i love fast food uh -huh. so when i'm having like, the, the, the cheat meal i go fast food like 100 percent, you know so i i think i finished all the sandwiches there you know like uh, <laughs> all yeah, yeah everything you know because like I'm making, I love food, mm -hmm. like I love food, like more than squash, as you say, like I love it, <laughs> I love it really, so uh, I love the food of the, here, I love the, I love here the salmon, the steak, the chicken when it's grilled, you know, like it's, 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 it's amazing here, the Egyptian food, you know, like what, here, it's better like to do diet, here, a certain oh. diet, here, ah. here's good, here's good, oh, you, know, interesting. you can focus on, uh, you know, like, um, 
in Egypt, like there is lots of oil, maybe lots of, but like it's so tasty there. Yeah. You know, yeah. And here, if you go to junk or fast food, it's gonna be very, very tasty. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So you do have a match tonight because Connor and I are going out for a big barbecue lunch. So um, wow. you could certainly come with us. And if you do, if for some reason you get on court tonight and like you smell like smoky barbecue. Wow. <laughs> I would love to <laughs> after uh, my match. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bring some leftovers. And if you, if you, after your match tonight, winner, well, you're going to win. We've already discussed that. You've already won the tournament. So, yeah, we, um, we said that. <laughs> we, already, we already said that. So. Well, what's what's your favorite cheat meal when you're back in Egypt? Um, fried chicken. Fried chicken. Ah, ah. I didn't. Have, I've never had fried chicken in Egypt. Good. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. But like, you need to say to him if if it comes isn't fresh. Yeah. I will return it back. Yeah. You need to say to him like this word. If you didn't say this word, like my cheat meal is off. Really? It's gonna come very, very you know, cold and like you, oh. you uh, say I don't want to eat. So I'm having experience in that now. So all uh-huh. my friends are doing diet and having a cheat meal. They come to me like and say to me what I should. Uh, I'm giving advice. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. because you're you're an elite athlete, obviously. Yeah. Right, right, right. Do, do your friends? Do your friends like your friends who aren't involved with squash, like the kids you grew up with? Do they realize like how prolific you are around the squash world? Like, yeah, that you're they, so well they known? are now. They do they now. Are now. Yeah. They seem to me that's. Uh, they, when, follow, they follow you on social unreal, media. That's unreal. What you are, how many hours you are training. How the, they only like go one session to the gym and they are. Wow, I did, I did a <laughs> terrific work today. You know, I'm dead and like this. You know, <laughs> so when he see me like. I'm just going to him, you know, like, uh, okay, I will do bike. I'm having a bike session today. I'm coming to your gym, you know. That's only one thing from my, from my day, you know. I'm coming like, to have fun with him and do a bike session. Mm. And so he, he's realizing. And then when we when we say about the calories and, like, when we, we are talking about the calories and uh, per day and I'm taking 2,600 maybe and he's taking, like, 2,400, and he said to me, how? How you can compare with me? Like, you are doing one hour, you are, I'm doing five hours. Just like that, you know. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, kind of building on that, of your training program, you know, we were talking about kind of goal setting yeah. about you. And rewinding the clock, when you were setting your goals, do you think you would have been, like, achieving where you are now? Or is it blowing your mind? Or had, and how do you go about goal setting? Never, you know, like, because... Um, you know, I always believe with God plans. I, I actually like I was loving soccer, like to play football and all. Like it's, uh, it was my main goal, you know. And also like um, wasn't involved in squash and squash. Like then I played squash when I was ten, ten and a half, and that was t- ten, nine, like something like this. And that's in Egypt. It's your you're an eight man. Yeah, like you should be like six, seven, starting to play squash. And wow. Yeah, to achieve because like under eleven there is a champions and like yeah. this. So then managed to play some more tournaments in 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 under eleven, and then like it started to become you know my, my family focused on you know and uh, we work you know on my squash and I've been addicted to it and never never been like dreaming like to be where I'm where I'm now and in this age you know and like uh, from three years or something like that I was seeing those legends that they are going to you know to to retire and I will never play with them you know and this uh, actually when my father always saying to me like you're gonna remember those days when you are playing with them with you know, legends and legends, you know, so yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Right. That's a great perspective yeah. for somebody your age to have that perspective. That's really refreshing. For yeah. Sure, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Do, do you remember, uh, and I always tell this story when people ask me, like, what's the difference between um, 
squashing the United States and squashing Egypt when you go attend an event, because obviously I've been to the TOC and I've also been to blackball and people ask me what the difference was. And, and I always tell them, like, I, I think the, the fans at blackball are so focused on the squash yeah. where at TOC and other events in the United States, it's more social and people are talking and they kind of watch the squash a little bit, but at blackball, I'll never forget. And it always sticks out in my mind is your match in 2019, I believe it was against Declan James. Oh yeah. Do you remember that match? In I remember that, that match and the crowd was just unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, they was cheering with, with lots of, you know, like powerful cheering, you know, and like, uh, it was like when I watched the match again, you know, like, I'm, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah, in Egypt, lots of kids involved. They are all coming no matter what from the very, very, very first beginning. And also like TUC, special tournament, you know, special yes. tournament and special case, you know, and also it's not all of the, um, the tournaments in the States are like the TUC. TUC is full, 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 full. Mm -hmm. And I love the TUC really. It's like my first quarterfinal to ever reach, you know, in a platinum event was in the TUC. Right. I love New York. I love, um, I love to live in New York, like actually like um, in a year, maybe if I count how many months I have been there, you know, like into Brooklyn and it's new New York City. Like it's three months at least, you know, yeah. three months that I spend there, like because like, wow. In a, like, when I come to the States, I like, I love to, you know, like to, to come before the tournament, like two weeks or something like that, but not, not this tournament, but I love in any tournament in the States to come before two weeks or something. So I spend it there in Brooklyn. Is that to help you just kind of adjust like time difference and get just used like, to it? Yeah. Like this, you know, and also yeah. like the, the community there, if you know, like Mustafa Sam and like this, you know, and also um, there in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, you know, and also um, having some sessions with Eddie Grant. Some of the Egyptian coaches met hat, you know, and lots of of Egyptian coaches are there, you know, yeah. and the, the communities. I love it. I lo I love to live there and in Brooklyn and in New York, you know. So anytime, any tournament, I go there. Awesome, awesome. And if you lived in New York, you wouldn't have to drive because that's right. Public, tra <laughs> that's public right. transportation. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I lived in New York for over a little bit over nine years, and that was my favorite part is not having to drive. Oh, uh, Subway, subways, buses. Yeah, walking. subway, yeah, subway. Yeah. Perfect. Also, Perfect. like in, in the first. Times I has been in uh, in New York. I I'm getting lost in the subway, the lines and uh, oh, yeah. the blue and the, uh, yeah. Very 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 confusing, even for somebody who's been there for years. So yeah, yeah you're, you're certainly not alone. Wait 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 wait. There's more. Hey, quick time out to hear a word from our sponsor. So how are your squash courts looking these days? Are the ball marks starting to add up? Do your courts need some attention and care? Well, in the U.S., there's a new solution coming your way. Pro Sport Court can be your one-stop shop for all your court care needs, from standard cleaning, painting, floor sanding, all the way up to lighting upgrades. Pro Sport Court can have your courts looking like new. Reach out to squashradio at gmail.com to learn more. Now back to our show. So going back quickly to goal setting or a question that gets asked. Did we get off track about goal setting? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, because it was, well, but so a question that gets asked or a debate that's out there, like if you had to choose between um, a goal of becoming world number one or world champion and you had to pick one or the other, which one would you uh, pick? Actually, I would pick a tough question, but I will pick, depends on, you know, like situations, you know, but like um, world number one is showing how, are you the most you know consistent player of the year and how you are 
because if you are world number one, you're gonna achieve lots of tournaments and lots of platinum tournaments as well, you know, and you are staying for long time there, you know. Um, so I will pick world number one because, like, okay, it's it's the title of the world champion. It's just unbelievable. But like, you are winning also lots of tournaments. Like you're winning, just for example, US Open, British Open. You're winning lots of things to be world number one in in this. So even if you are unlucky with the world championship, yeah. You know, that's uh, I think the word number one is going to be more consistent. Yeah. yeah, I think that makes sense with especially within our sport of squash. But if you if you look at that within tennis or golf, like you know, like hey, would you rather win the Masters or be world number one or U.S. Open yeah. or in tennis being U.S. Open champion or world number one? You know, like uh, yeah. So I think yeah. I think I agree in our sport being world number one is being world number one is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So I saw somewhere, and I'm not sure where, but I saw somewhere on a video, or it might have been on um, on YouTube or something like that. Yeah. You said you don't want to play squash anymore. So what are you doing here? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, actually having some fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, but no. In, in, in all seriousness, we're thinking like, well, if you weren't doing squash, like, like if, you, if say, you had never picked up a racket ever, yeah. if you had never picked up a racket and, and never played soccer, like what what else besides sport? Aside from sport, do you think that you, at twenty years old, what you what you would be doing, what you'd be focusing on? So I'm only having soccer and squash, you know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I'm not doing. I think I think I will go more foc. more focusing on my studies and like this to work, have a good work, you know, uh -huh. in good company and like this. But like uh, I don't have two more on soccer because that's I love them. Yeah. Maybe some ping pong, but like that's ping pong. I'm I'm playing it for. Ah, years. really? Yeah, I just playing ping pong in my in my off days. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you're the best ping pong player on the PSA tour? Um, I don't think so because I'm losing with a friend that he cannot play squash. We should do a ping pong. Do a I actually love ping pong. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love do, you, it. do you play any of the other players on the tour at all? No, in ping pong. Never, you never, never play. Never, never. Okay. Be curious. That would be that would be a fun event actually. Yeah, we gotta get a ping. You know what? But let's let's you know what? Write that down. Ping pong tournament. Ping pong. Got it. <laughs> writing it down. Got it. You know, like some. If I could, like, I may not be able to beat you in anything. In Brooklyn, they have ping pong actually. In in corner squash there, and yeah, yeah. then um, I played like I was training with Chris Gordon, uh -huh. and then we finishes, you know, like, and then we found someone like he's playing ping pong, and then I was I want to play, I want to play, you know, and then I asked them, can I play like, a few points, and then I give the phone to Chris Gordon like to have some videos with uh -huh. me while I'm play, while I'm playing, and then played with the coach there, the coach of. And I was getting some balls, you know, and I went only one from 11 or something. That's, that's, that's yeah. not bad, yeah. It's, it's an addicting sport. It's yeah. really addictive because so you're like, I, I should be able to do that. I yeah. should be able to keep it on the table. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. really interesting. Right. So, so, again, going back to the fact that you're so young and you're, I'm sure you're, cause, so you're very aware of social media and that you're, I mean, you're very involved with it. So you're, you're aware of the, how you're perceived in the world. So as opposed to like how you're perceived at squash events. So I, you know, I read online like, Mustafa Saul, he's good for the game, he's bad for the game, he's this, he's yeah, that. Yeah. But I see you at these events and people gravitate towards you. You always have a smile on your face. You're very yeah. approachable. Everybody at the events love you. So do you, are you, like, how do you, as 20 years old, block out that other stuff? Block it out and say, I'm, I'm a squash player. That's what I do. I'm here to have fun and to win. How do you, like, at such a young age, push all that other stuff aside? Yeah, you know, like... Um... We're having lots of now. Now since I I were you know like doing celebrations and lots of stuff you know since uh, it was uh, let let's squash maybe like the heated up you know like all the all the people are saying um, stuff is good and stuff is bad and stuff is like that and also like um, 
I, I didn't see that in the events actually. I didn't see, you know, like someone saying Mustafa is bad or something like that because like uh, that was just me. Yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, but like in, in social, I know, uh-huh. I know, like, but like face to face, you know, yeah. or or at the events, all are doing it with love, or yeah, like I don't have any problems with anyone, you know, mm-hmm. just um, just doing this, you know, like for uh, for the game, you know, and I was doing this for the game, you know, and then when it started to be there's lots of people don't like or something like that you know like uh, start to be calm a little bit and also like when you're do you even pay attention to that no never yeah never 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 also like but like hearing also hearing yeah. but like never been um, on social media you know like going and like oh what they are saying or like this never it's yeah. uh, you know like at the end of the day, haters are going to hate, you know, and also like... Uh, you should know, write that down. That's a yeah, good saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. should put that on your shirt. Do you listen to a lot of Taylor Swift? Is that where... I, <laughs> and also, you know, like, um, there's lots of people like, like, respecting that or because like, when I, when I was doing this celebration or something like that, it was like, you're finishing a match for 120 minutes, you know, like, uh, I know that it's never been a squash, you know, but like, that's what I'm saying, you know, why we are not like as the other sports. Okay, you're gonna say squash is a is a classy squash, is in another area, but like we aren't that popular, unfortunately, right. that we aren't yeah. that popular. You're gonna go like here also, like when you're taking Uber or something like that, you know, and having your stuff, you're having your rackets, you know, and tennis, you're playing tennis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm having this, you know, like, and she's saying to me, Oh, what sports you are playing, you know, and then I'm saying squash. Said to me, what's squash? Said to her tennis. Right. You know, like it's uh, it's not like we, we, we want the sport in, in the best, yeah. you know, in the best shape of it. And squash has been like from lots of, lots, lots, lots of years. And mm-hmm. hope like one day it's going to enter the Olympics. I'm doing my best like, in, in squash. I'm giving it 150%, you know. Right. Uh, and hope it's good things like that, yeah. I mean, it's definitely clear. And as we were reflecting on this, there's been the Jahanga Khan effect, Jonah Barrington effect. The Rami effect, and people are now talking about the Asal effect. Yeah, <laughs> is that? And I, I actually think I believe in it. Like you're really, you do something different on court for the game, and it's magnetic, and it's really translating. Does that weigh on you? Do you think about that? Like, how does that impact you? Does it energize you? Does yeah, it? Yeah, it's it's you know like always motivates me like to be a better person. You know, always motivates me like to. Um, to mature also, you know, like it's every single year, you know, on the PSA World Tour, you're taking experience, you're taking like to be maybe like this kind of celebration, you know, take from you all your energies, yeah, like for the next matches, from like that, learn to to be calm a little bit, you know, still working on some things. It's only, you know, has been three years only on tour. Yeah, learning from the other players, learning from uh, Shurbanga what he's doing, Ali what he's doing. And yeah, I'm loving the fact that uh, lots of people are talking on you, you know, just like, makes you how you're successful you know a successful person because if anyone is not talking about you like you're not being a successful person and uh, that's what i love you know and uh, yeah happy that the squash world like they are firing up and even though they, if they are saying bad or saying good on me you know but like loving this fact of how squash is turning up and staying. right they're talking about you right yeah I mean, that's yeah. A, that's a good thing yeah. so so we don't want to have keep you too long so um the last question one of the last questions i want to ask you is how do you manage traveling the tour it's very low you know people think it's very glamorous and obviously they see the matches on squash tv 
and in Houston, it's a little different because you kind of have like a second family here. Like yeah. you're you're like one of the family here. Yeah. But otherwise, traveling around, it's pretty lonely sometimes, right? And yes. and, and how do, how does a twenty year old how do you manage that? You know, so you're having lots of problems in the in the, the colleges. You know, like in college in, in Egypt. You know, mm. yeah, I entered the college in Egypt like to be. You know, like having balance between squash tournaments, and I know, like it's tough. You know, like Yusuf Ibrahim, one at Princeton. You know, like having some difficult things at colleges. The you know sometimes he can play, sometimes he cannot. Mm -hmm. So even in in my um, my college, they are saying to me like, if you're going to 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 Houston, you know, like we don't know what we should do. You know, because like you are absent lots of times. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, for me. I, I cannot play a tournament without coming at least a week, like in, especially in the States, because the difference is eight hours. So the time of sleeping, the time of, um, so at least eight days like to come and like refresh and first two days you want to be exhausted and like this, you know. So it's, it's really, it's really different and it's really hard, you know, and um, to be squash athlete, you know, you need to know how you eat well, you sleep well, you are having the fun <coughs> times that have very limited times, you know. And uh, not everything is open and uh, yeah, to be flexible, but like I think when I'm flexible now, but because of my age, but I think like who's 27, 28, like they are, if, if I'm sleeping 11, maybe uh, they are sleeping nine, if they are like, like that, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's really difficult, you know, but like we are managed like to, Can you imagine us, yeah. imagine us at our age, how little we're sleeping? <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> Well, five so, hours is big for us. Oh my god, it's work. So that's kind of like part of like the physical toll. But there's obviously like you know to keep in a good headspace of like you're here to perform and yeah. get those matches. So w do you have like routines or anything that you try and do to make sure you you, you stay in the zone mentally? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no mentally. For now, I'm I'm just like leaving all the pressure out, you know, and uh, trying to before the matches, you know, having a talk with my friends, you know, like. Uh, chill out, you know, laughing and like this, having maybe some PlayStation games, you know, FIFA games, you know, like right. let me out of the pressure, out of the yeah. mood, you know, and then go in the court and do my best, you know, what is the result is not matters for me, you know, like, but like, I'm going to do, I'm going to give 150%. So last question. Um, I have a last question. You, I, well, this is my last question. Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay. This is, yeah. what, what Connor doesn't really understand is this is my show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so Obviously, you can't even imagine being my age. That's so far away for you. But Connor, look at Connor. Connor's like you know, <laughs> only, only you know twenty some odd years older than you. Um, what are, where do you what do you want people to say about you or think about you if at that age you walk in, you're forty two years old, you walk into a squash uh, club in Egypt, and some somebody sees you from afar and they point to you and say, "Hey, that's Mustafa Saul. He is this." What 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 do you want their thought to be about you, like in the future, like? Where do you you know it's not not the best phrase question but where do you where do you want people to say you know they see Rami Asher they say wow he was such a great player he was so entertaining when they see Gregory Gaultier they say wow what a great representation of the yeah, game and yeah. things like that what, what do you want them to say about you yeah you know like um, it's always good and at this age you know like when they are maybe like, I will be retired for four years then I want to go to to this age but it's gonna be good like maybe like to say uh, oh Mustafa he like he let you know like uh, the squash has been talking for for lots of time, maybe like or something like that, you know. Like and also, yeah, to be also like consistent for maybe world number one, like it has been like world number one for lots of years, you know. And like this, so it's, a, it's quite you know lots of dreams, you know, can can come true. I, I believe also with timing, mm -hmm. one injury can can cause lots of problem and 
uh, yeah, but I hope so. Like one day it's gonna be like that. You know, I'll be happy. You know? <laughs> Got it. Well, that's a, that's a great answer. And I just want to retract when I said Gregor Gualtier was a good representative <laughs> because yeah. I, I, I typically spend this whole podcast yeah. bashing him. But it is early in the morning. I didn't haven't slept much this week, and he was the first name I thought of. So <laughs> I, I retract that, and we we won't edit it, but I retract that. Connor, well, um, I you know I was looking at your Instagram profile, and you have a, a series of pictures here, right? But I'd be curious. Are there only one or two pictures that really jump out to you? You're like, oh man, that was a great moment. And if you could describe it, so just scroll up and down. Okay. Yeah, it's great radio, by the way. We'll, um, we'll show the picture in the. Oh, okay. No, there good. you go. There you go. Very good, Connor. This one for sure. Oh yeah. So ah. th- this is at the at the U.S. Open. Yes, Open. Yeah. yeah. It's, you're you're kind of doing the, Sp- the Spider-Man move. Or I, you- I don't know what I'm doing. You know what happened the match, but like it was just an unbelievable moment. It's like you're glued to the front of the court. And, yeah, uh, it's I a just, pretty high jump. It, I I love it actually. You know because like um, the last Egyptian now like have won a tournament. It, it was the US Open like mm-hmm. since like uh, the Canary Wharf was black ball and black ball was uh, Paul Cole. Yeah, and also this tournament was special for me. You know like. Um, Yes, open, yes, open champion. You know, it was just unbelievable. You know, I, lo- I love the states. You know, I love playing here. It's my my favorite place, like Egypt and maybe more. You know, mm. so I love to play here. I love the atmosphere here. You know, it's just always always attracting to play here and lo- love the how the, the the passion. You know, also like uh, with the crowds, with everyone. So it's uh, has been an amazing experience. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well. We thank you yeah. for being here. Um, the, the only thing I have to say, and it, it, we may edit this part out also, is when I did go through the door here and uh, I was walking behind you, you put your leg your leg back out to try to trip me. <laughs> that, is that the trailing leg that I'm hearing about all the time? Is that the contact here? <laughs> <laughs> no, Mustafa, we really appreciate it. You're a good yeah. sport and you're, you're a credit to the game and you are the player that everyone wants to see on court these days. So you're great for the game of squash in our opinion and we couldn't thank you enough for giving us some time. So really appreciate it. it. Yeah, it's just my pleasure and uh, pleasure to be with you here. It was really fun and uh, hope we can do one more. All right. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Mustafa. All right, thanks, Mustafa. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been fun, man. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it.